What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the God Did That podcast, the podcast about stories and seasons that make us go, wow, God did that. I'm your host, Hannah Van Ryan. Let's jump right in. Hey, guys, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast this week. Um, we are right now in interviews. You guys heard Kenzie's last week. This week, we got Anna on the podcast, who I'm so excited to have. Anna, why don't you introduce yourself to the podcast? Hey, guys, I'm Anna. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, go Jags. And man, I'm really excited. I love hearing this podcast, Hannah, and I, I really enjoy listening to it. I'm really excited to be on today. Well, thank you so much for being here. You were one of the people that when I was making my list, I was like, gotta have Anna on. So, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, fun fact is that me and Anna met at Bible school and we spent the year there together. And the first impression that I ever had of Anna was <laughs> the first night I referenced this same night in Kenzie's episode, but uh, we play a game of dodgeball. And the one of the games we played was homeschoolers versus regular schoolers. And our school has a surprisingly, well, surprisingly to me, huge homeschool population. So and many. so we were like pretty, it was like pretty even, or we were actually outweighed in like the regular school people. And <laughs> I remember I'm sitting on the bench next to somebody else. And, and Anna runs up to this guy sitting next to me and yells, we can't lose to the homeschoolers. They have imaginary friends. <laughs> and that was the first impression I've had of Anna. And I thought she was so awesome and so funny. And Anna was one of those people for me that really helped me open up because Anna was so herself that it made me feel so comfortable. Like I could be myself. And so Anna, you have been such a blessing to me and I'm so excited for you to share your story. So go on ahead and do that. Wow. Well, that was wildly kind. So <laughs> yeah, homeschoolers have imaginary friends and their mom's their teacher and that's that. So, um, to tell a little bit about me, um, I was, I'm born in Jacksonville, Florida, go Jags. And I, I was born and raised in a Christian home. My dad is the youth pastor at our church. Um, and my mom always, both of them just have been doing ministry together my whole life. Um, which has been really cool to see. Um, I was born really sick. Um, I had two surgeries right after I was born. And so I, yeah, so I, it, I think that affected me as I grew up, I was in and out of going to the doctors and the hospitals and getting tested and things. Um, so, but yeah, but I was really, other than that, a really happy child. Um, my parents, they loved me really well. And I had three brothers, two older and one younger who I got along with sometimes. Um, definitely now I get along with them a lot better than when we were little. Um, but yeah. I became a Christian when I was eight years old. Um, and it was, yeah, that was, I was with my dad and we just prayed together and I accepted Jesus into my heart. Um, and after that life was like, I feel like pretty normal in the church. It was like my second home. I was there probably four or five days a week helping my dad and things. And I just, I didn't know life outside of that. And I, <laughs> this isn't super common knowledge, but I was actually homeschooled <laughs> until, <laughs> until fourth grade. Um, so I was, I was one of those people, but once I went into public school in fourth grade, I think a lot changed for me. I started, I think I started to live more for the approval of others because I didn't want to be that kid that just came out of homeschooling. Um, even though I was that kid, I wanted to be fun. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be funny. And I really, 
I really wasn't any of those things. Um, so I just became very, very insecure. Um, and I started living life just for the people who were nearest to me. So when I was at church, I was really good and I was great. And I, I just got along with everyone. And I was this great Christian girl whose dad was a pastor. And then when I was at school, I was not so great. And I was, I tried to be funny. And a lot of that funny came from being edgy. And a lot of that funny and fun came at other people's expense often. Um, I, but I was still at church. I was still listening, um, to the lessons and trying to grow. And I wanted to love God, but I also wanted to love people. And it was like, I was just sitting on this fence for so, so many years. Um, and then I was, when I was 12, I was baptized. And I remember in a previous episode, Hannah, you said that you got baptized and that you don't regret it, but probably you weren't ready. And I I think I was probably at a similar spot. Um, I think I, I wasn't in a place where I was ready to commit to the Lord yet. And I would, I could have said that in my heart, but I couldn't have said it out loud. Um, and so I got baptized when I was 12 at the beach, actually during a tropical storm, um, because I'm from Florida. So I got baptized and my, my dad baptized me and I went under and then I came back up and this ginormous wave just took us both out. Well, bam, just smashed us. And I did like two flips. I thought I was going to drown. I thought, good thing I got baptized because I'm dying right now, (laughs) but I didn't die naturally. Um, so yeah. So after I was baptized, I stayed involved at church, but I also stayed involved at school. Um, And it was just this, it was, I lived probably till my senior year of high school. Um, I lived on the fence, um, continuously just choosing Christians at church and choosing non-Christians at home. Um, but I also, my church has a really good small group system for teenagers. So in middle school, I had a small group leader named Miss Bryn and she just, I mean, we were a rough group. My class, we were crazy. We were literally, we literally made Miss Bryn cry sometimes. And she's like this middle-aged mom and we were just so ruthless, but she continued to love us. And she actually, this is crazy. She still sends me birthday cards every single birthday since middle school. And I just, yeah. And so she just continuously poured into me in middle school. And then I moved up to high school and I was getting poured into by three or four high school leaders, um, who just, pursued me and pursued me and pursued me and cared for me. Um, which was, I mean, I think that's a big part of my testimony right there was seeing, I think I saw the heart that Jesus has for me a lot through the heart that they had for me. But in the middle of this, of course, I still was living on this fence and in my senior year. So I did high school in three years. Um, but my last year of high school, um, I thought to myself, I'm graduating when I'm 16 and I have not lived life. Probably one of the most unwise thoughts I've ever had in my life. But I I had this moment, my friend, I had a friend who, um, one of my best friends who we were kind of, kind of, kind of thing at the time. Um, he, he got into a car accident, um, and it was a really, really bad car accident. And he rolled his car a bunch of times Um, and for a while we thought that he wasn't going to make it. Um, and it it affected me a lot and it hurt me. And I was in this tension and sometimes people have near death experiences and they're like, I need to turn my life around and 
and live for the Lord. But I literally thought the exact opposite. I thought I could die any day. I need to live large right now. And so I started um, getting more into, I guess, the, the party culture. The I would get, I was insecure about myself um, and how I looked and everything. And I would get in and out of these terrible relationships um, with guys and I would keep them a secret from my parents and it would affect me. And I just, I lived my life based off of what people said I should do. Um, and it was awful. Um, I, um, I was not glorifying the God, the Lord. And I pushed my parents away. I pushed the leaders who were pursuing me away. And I was just, I was just in this hole, this dark hole in this sin spiral of, um, just pursuing what was fleeting. Um, and pursuing what was so wrong. And I, it, it left me so hurt and so broken and so lonely. Um, once I graduated high school, I um, stayed at home and I got a job nannying three boys. Um, and I loved it. I loved these little kids. They were so funny. But one night I, I got home from work and I, I didn't want to be at home because I think I felt a lot of guilt whenever I was around my family. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to church. And I, I kind of was going to church because my parents wanted me to. Um, but I decided I was going to go to church because we have, we have a Thursday night service for people who can't go on Sundays. So my church has a full service on Thursdays. So I went to that and I went out by myself and I don't know why I went. I couldn't tell you at all. Um, but I went and I just the first worship song started and I just started bawling my eyes out. And I don't know what song it was. I don't know what the pastor preached on. I think he actually preached on like giving or something completely irrelevant to my situation. But I was just bawling. And, and so I went home and I told my dad everything that had gone on and everything that I was doing for those past that past year. And, and I just experienced this forgiveness from him. Um, a forgiveness that I didn't see coming. And then I just, I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, Anna, I love you and I will forgive you every single time you wrong me and every single time I do something wrong. And he said, but Anna, the love that I have for you is nothing compared to the love that the heavenly father has for you. And I thought to myself, what? I've been pursuing love from all these sources and I've been pursuing satisfaction from so many places and I was getting nothing and I was feeling empty. And this whole time, what I've been hearing all my life is true. Like the Lord, Jesus, he died for me and he found me worthy of the cross. And even while I was still helpless, Jesus died for me. That when I, there was nothing I could give him. He died for me and he loves me and he forgave me. And that was really a turning point in my life. Um, after that, still, I definitely made some mistakes. I um, had some trouble still with some relationships that I was getting in. Um, but I really, at that point, I decided that Jesus was worth loving. Um, and so I started doing youth ministry a lot more because my dad's the middle school pastor at our church. So I started, um, helping with that. And I, I just found this joy in it in leading a small group and in doing skits and games on Wednesday nights and all of that. And I just loved it. So because I loved it so much, I applied to work at this camp in North Carolina and I did a summer there and I absolutely loved camp counseling. There was like, there was like no aspect of it that I didn't like. 
And so I just, I just, I just, I just found myself in Camp Cowsley. I wish I, I started because it's really exciting talking about camp for me. And, and so I, I did that summer and then I decided to go for some reason. I didn't want to, I actually, I, I applied and got into another university. Um, but something about the Lord said, no, Anna, I don't think you should go there. Not right now. Maybe another time. I think you should go to this tiny little school in the middle of Texas. And I said, what? No. And then he said, come on, do it. And through like four different people brought it up to me at random times. So I said, okay, I'll go to Texas. So I got on a plane and I bawled my eyes out and I got to Texas and it wasn't because I was scared of new people. I love new people, but I got there and I hated it. I hated every second of it. Every night I would go to sleep and I would cry. And every, <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> I just, I decided so much that I didn't like it, that I was only going to do a semester that I literally didn't learn anyone's name for the first like month. I just, <laughs> I would, I knew there were like two Camerons. And so I called every single guy Cameron and <laughs> didn't know if that was their name or not. And <laughs> It's really embarrassing, honestly. And then um, I thought all of these homeschoolers, I'm not going to relate to any of them. None of them have ever had any fun. And I'm going to be so bored for the semester. And then I met this, this girl who became one of my, probably my, my best friend in the whole world. Um, and I, I got to know her a little more. We had some Coke together and Coke's my favorite Bev. And uh, she just changed my love for the school, um, getting to know her and just seeing how fun and how much fun we could have together made me realize, wow, Bible school could actually be fun. So I started paying more attention in classes and I started making friends and learning names. And because of my relationship with this friend, my, my time at school just blossomed. Um, so I stayed for another semester. Um, and then I stayed for camp. I did camp at, in the same school in Texas. And I love, love camp. There's still, there's not a thing I don't really like about it. And then after camp, I stayed for another semester of Bible school. And this second year of Bible school changed me probably the most. Um, I learned a lot about surrendering myself. In my first semester, I think I learned or my first year, I think I learned a lot about how inadequate I am and how much I need Jesus and how worthy he is of my love. And then in my second year, I think, I, I think a lot of that got put to the test with, um, okay, I'm waking up and now I have a decision. I can go hang out with my best friend or I could go hang out with other people or I walk into the fish house um, and I could go hang, sit at a table with all these people I'm really close with, or I could go and I could love on someone who needs love. And, and then I would go to class and it was like, it was like every class I was just excited to be there. And it was a lot of, it came from this, this, I would, this prayer that I would say, I would say, Lord, make it my ambition to abide in you today. And he did. And it was just such a time of growth where I could learn and I could struggle, but I could struggle and learn with the Lord. Um, and it was just such a fruitful time, I think, in my heart and in my life. 
And after the second year, um, I stayed for another summer of camp and I was a special activities director. So I wasn't a counselor anymore. Um, but me and another, another friend, Jess, we, we just led everything, basically everything fun that happens at camp, I guess we were in charge of. So another way to say special activities director is like coordinator of fun. Um, but we, we would plan all the games and all the skits and we just, we just had a blast. And I learned, I learned a lot about leadership. I learned a lot about following the Lord and I learned a lot about, um, surrender and my insufficiency and his complete and total sufficiency. Um, and so now I'm back in Jacksonville and I'm working, trying to go to university so that I can become a teacher. So that's my story. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anna, for sharing that and for being vulnerable and, and open and even talking about like the prayer that you prayed every day, um, <laughs> the opening up your heart to the Lord. So thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm so encouraged by your story. And I know we have like some similar things in our, in our stories and I'm encouraged by that. And um, yeah. And thank you for sharing about your years at Bible school as well. And just what a blessing those were to you and the friendships and the community and everything like that. And so, and a huge yeah, part sure. about Bible school is the Bible, obviously. Naturally. I'm <laughs> sure. So, um, what is a piece of scripture or a story from the Bible that you have found like God used in your life? Like you could have just found it on like through personal study or maybe somebody showed it to you or you just like stumbled upon it. Like what is a piece of scripture that has affected you? Yeah. So when I was 17, I, uh, right after, right after that time in my testimony where I had that turnaround moment at church, I was reading in Philippians and Philippians three, seven through eight says this, it says, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I've counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. I mean, I, th I think this is meaningful. I think those words are so powerful just to think about all things are rubbish compared to knowing Christ. All things, literal garbage, like compared to knowing Christ. And it, I think that was a big moment for me because I really at that time valued, um, my image in a, in a lot of ways, my, my, like on social media and how I looked and I, I valued that. I valued some of the things that I had and some of the friendships I had. And I, I remember making a list, um, just like a bullet list and journal of things that I didn't value as lovish, <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> and some of those were friendships. Some of those were, um, ministry things. I held my, the way that I was ministering above the way that I was loving the Lord and some of, and just thinking, okay, Lord, like you see this list, like, how can I put you at the top of it? How can I, you be, um, sovereign over my life? Yeah. And how can I let you be the head thing in my life and everything else be rubbish? And it's just, it's just a verse that has been really meaningful to me since, um, just knowing that everything else, but Christ is rubbish in comparison. So, yeah. That is so, so good. Literally love Philippians. That passage mm. also to me has had such a impact and it's, it sets such everything in such perspective, I feel like. And so, yeah, for love sure. That. Um, who is someone that God used in your life and what are the qualities of Christ you can see in them and how those, how did those make an impact on you? 
Man, this is a hard one because, like I said, there are so many people. Um, Ms. Bren, I touched on in my testimony. And then Angela was my agape group leader is what we called it, which is a Greek word for love. That was our high school. And she she still will take me out for lunch every couple of weeks. Whenever I get home from school or camp, she's she sends me a text and say, hey, when are we eating lunch? And she just touches back in my life and um, she has just been a very big picture of Christ to me, just in, I think her intentionality, um, with me, um, she's shown me a lot of grace and she's been very generous, I think to me with her time, um, and with her words. And she has just shown me a lot of kindness. I think my, my parents also would be up there, um, in that, yeah, I mean, they, they have shown me probably definitely more grace and more forgiveness than anybody else ever. Um, and so I'm very thankful for them. I've seen a lot of patience from them and I've seen a lot of care given to me from them. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think, I think I met Angela. Like she, was she? Yeah, she came, yes. she came yes. to the hill to visit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really cool. And it's really cool to get to meet people at school, people in their lives who have made an impact on you. And I talked about that with Kenzie and when her parents came, it was cool to get to know her parents and meet them because like they are a huge part of her, of how she's been shaped. And then it's cool to meet Angela because she shaped you. And so, yeah, yeah that's just really cool. And for sure. what is something in your testimony that you've noticed that God used to prepare you for something that you're in now, like a season that you're in now? Yeah. Um, I think something in my testimony that helped me be prepared for life now would probably be, I think the mistakes that I made in high school. Um, I think, I think in a lot of ways now I'm, I'm working a lot with teenagers in the youth group, um, at home. And I think that I have this passion, I guess, just to be there for them. Um, and I think the mistakes that I made then, I think it gives me an empathy that I can have when they make mistakes, you know, like, like, yeah, you make mistakes, but me foremost of all have also made mistakes and I know what it's like to be there. And I think it gives me a care and an intentionality and a desire to help them that I don't think I would have if I didn't go through that. Um, which is cool to see because in the moment in high school, I I would have thought this is the worst thing ever. But now I can see that though it was bad and there were mistakes and there was sin, um, God used it and he is reconciling it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is, that is so, so awesome. Like I love that we can use our testimonies to encourage others. And that's a huge part of sharing our testimony is how God uses it to encourage others through what he has done in our lives. And so that is awesome. Um, sure. What advice or encouragement do you have for someone going through someone sim- something similar like that you shared, like in kind of like, I guess you would say the before, but like our testimonies are never really like over, I guess. Yeah. In like kind of like the first part of your testimony, what advice would you give someone? Yeah, I think um, a big thing is if, if someone is going through struggling and finding their security in a relationship um, with with someone of the opposite sex and having this security that's coming only from being loved or getting this physical affection or whatever. I think what I would say is relationships are going to come and they're going to go, but Christ is now and Christ is forever. 
um, and he will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise that he makes. Um, I think that every believer has to come to this, this realization and this moment where they just decide that Jesus is worth following. Um, and I would wish for everyone that you could come to that realization before, um, before it's like you make a lot of mistakes before you have these regrets, you know? Um, I think that if you find your security in Christ alone, you're going to live a life that has such little regrets. Um, and he really, he initiates this love. Um, he, before we were, before we were saved, before we could do anything good, Christ died for the ungodly. You know, that's in Romans five. It says that Christ died for the ungodly while we were still helpless. He doesn't, he doesn't love us because we have so much we can offer him. He doesn't love us because there's so much we can do for him. Um, he loves us because he is love. Um, and I think that's the most beautiful thing ever. And it gives us this opportunity to glorify him by following him. And he is worth following. I think another thing I would say would be to find someone older and wiser than you and um, listen to what they have to say. I don't think, I don't think you'll regret that finding someone who is just so passionate about the Lord and being discipled by them. I think that is so valuable. Um, I, I also think being in the word is so important. I, one of our guest speakers at school said this in one of my classes, second year classes, he says that you will never graduate from the word of God and you will never be a finished person until you die, until the day of glorification. And I think that is just so important to realize that you will never graduate from the word of God. It will forever be relevant to your life. Um, so yeah, so that is, I guess, advice that I would have. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anna, for just, yeah, opening up and sharing some of your story. And thank you so much for coming on and being willing. And yeah, I really appreciate it. So encouraging to me. I can't wait to go back and just listen to this myself. <laughs> I mean, I, so yeah. Um, but yeah, so guys, that is it for the podcast today. But I just want to encourage you, if you have not yet, to subscribe to the podcast and to share this with a friend, share it with your dog, your grandma, whoever you think <laughs> might enjoy. I, I always say this, you can leave it in a room playing. You don't even have to, you know, just let's get the streams. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I'm going to end off with the verse that I end up every episode. And that is second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. You are a new creation in Christ. Never forget that. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>